The following is a member of the Burke Reviews podcast family. BurkeReviews.com Hey everybody, it's John Burke here, uh, throwing off my introduction, um, <laughs> wow, it's uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's different, it's unique, because this is my third podcast recording in a row, yeah, and I'm not. a little tired, so, uh, with me this week for Burke Reviews Movie Club is Corey Starr, who's already spoken, but nonetheless, Corey! <laughs> hello, hello, he's having a hard time keeping all of them straight. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it's been, it's three different podcasts in a row, so it is, it is a little different, each format. You're like, um, who's here now? Doesn't matter. Yeah, I'm just going to talk to whomever. Um, it's, it could be myself. Who knows? All of you are in my head. Anyways, um, this is the podcast where Corey and I attempt to uh, thin out our gap list. And Corey, it dawned on me, we're almost at 100 episodes. Uh, this is episode 98. OMG! We've That's exciting. Almost two years now. And that means we are almost 100 movies off of our, our gap list. Um, and unfortunately, my gap list is so massive that it's not even remotely done. So the bright side, this podcast can go probably forever. And that's a good thing. Yeah. Because we push ourselves to watch these movies that maybe we wouldn't have watched. Because if you look at my film history, I had a bad habit when I was younger of rewatching the same movies over and over and over and over and over and over again. Um, and this podcast makes sure I can't do that. I have to watch something I've never seen before. And... Uh, Corey and I like to pick themes. That's what we've done all year, our second year. Uh, we It looks like we're going to continue that into next year as well. We're going to do every month will have its own theme, and the movies that we watch that month will be from that theme. And this month of November 2018 is political films. And um, I've really enjoyed this month's worth of films because these are movies that I don't think I would have normally have watched. And for the most part, I've been pleasantly surprised. I'm not saying that applies to tonight's movie, which is The Ides of March from 2011, directed by George Clooney and stars George Clooney, kind of. It really stars Ryan Gosling. Um, and we'll be talking about that movie in uh, great detail later on. Um, but first, Corey, how you doing? You know, I'm doing really good. I don't work in retail anymore, so... You know, I had yesterday off, and then I went to work today, and then, boom, it's time for a weekend. That's yeah. great. Um, I did do some Black Friday shopping. Oh, good for you. <laughs> just just a little, um, mostly online, and then yeah. I stopped at my local record store this morning and on my way to work, and it's pretty funny because I have tried to really reel in all of my spending and be a little more responsible, but I kind of have a hard time with like record store day and black friday because they also release exclusives so i walked out with three things but you know a few years ago i would have just bought everything caution to the wind yeah i actually have been really restrained with movie buying i bought i bought three movies from target um but i spent 15 bucks uh online um actually i think i ordered them on either early yesterday morning or really late wednesday night i don't remember for sure but what did um, you buy I got Game Night, Paddington 2, and Super Troopers 2, all on Blu-ray for a total of, I think it was $16. Um, Heck yeah. Yeah, with free shipping, so um, couldn't go wrong. No. Um, so I didn't wake up early and get there early. I rolled in at like 
40. They opened at 8. And they had a line of 75 people, which apparently was the biggest line they've ever had for Black Friday. And this is Amoeba uh, Records? or No. No, Amoeba's, Amoeba's only in California. California, sorry, yeah. Yeah. No, this is a record exchange. It's just one local shop that's really awesome, and I love all the people who work there. But I... Only I went in for one thing and I got the last copy of the one thing that I initially went in to buy and it oh, just man. felt like such a winner. It's a reissue of uh, Talking Heads Remains in Light. Remain, yeah. And I walked up to the register to buy it and, you know, the manager, he's like, you know, I kept seeing people come up here with these and I was like, I haven't seen Corey yet. I don't think she's going to get it. And I was like, last copy. Please take my money. But um, <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty excited. So, well, I um I did get a couple other little things online. My wife and daughter went shopping and apparently got me stuff. Um, I don't know yes. what. Uh, because um while I was recording uh earlier, I I had just finished recording when they got home, and they thought I was still recording. So like I happened to be at the door as they were walking in the door, and my my daughter just goes look away, and I was like oh I'm, so, I'm sorry. Um, so that was a surprise. Uh. And that's the thing I've noticed with myself in Black Friday shopping. I do get every once in a while my wife and daughter something. But a lot of Black Friday shopping for me is like buying the movies that I didn't buy already. Um, and this <laughs> year I've been really bad about buying things. Like like I've been kicking myself because Avengers, uh, Black Panther, Deadpool have all been on super cheap sales. And I bought all of those like week one. And um, I buy them because I am a collector. But I'm also like... I have not watched one of them yet. Like, I've bought I... them, and they're just sitting on my shelf, and I'm like, oh, uh, I've seen them all, but I saw them in the theater, so I could have waited to buy them. Yes. Um, I, I've i only bought one movie on the Criterion sale this time. I've bought I want. I want to buy more. I still want to buy Night of the oh. Living Dead, and I still want to buy The Princess Bride, but I only bought, um, speaking of the t- Talking Heads, David Byrne from uh, The Talking Heads. It's his only movie, I believe that he's directed Scored. and he stars oh. in. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so and it was just released this year. Yeah, I this I think the world has told me not to buy Criterion this time because oh. on Monday, my because my daughter and I were off, were off school, my wife had to go work at um, a store in Tampa um, over like uh, near West Shore Mall. And um, my so my wife's like, why don't you guys come with me and you can go to a movie and shop around the mall or whatever. And I'm like, all right, fine, I'll drive you, because that's really, she just wanted me to drive her, and, uh, so we did, and I was surprised, because my daughter actually got up and came with me, because usually she bails, um, and I'll talk about what movie we saw, but when the movie was over, we still had, like, three hours, so my wife was gonna be off, and we'd kind of already done them all, so I looked, and there was a Barnes & Noble about a mile away, I'm like, sweet, I can shop the Criterion sale, and Taylor's like, great, I always, every time we go to Barnes & Noble, we're always in a rush, that I can actually, like, look around, I'm like, cool, let's go, Corey, this Barnes & Noble didn't have a movie section. Are you kidding? It's like the only one I've ever been in that doesn't have a movie section. They had a few Blu-rays and DVDs, like, behind the register and, like, in one little display, but not Criterion. So I'm like, okay, what the crap? Like, and there was no other Barnes & Nobles for, like, miles. Like, I would have had to drive, like, far away from where my wife was working in order to go to another one. And I'm like, well, this is clearly a sign that I'm not supposed to be purchasing any more Criterion this year. Because I bought a bunch in the, in the summer sale. Um, I think I bought like seven or eight in the summer Holy sale. Holy heck. So maybe not. I, I spent at least $100. So that was five right there. I feel like I got a couple more. You bought me one for my birthday. So, you know, maybe I'm adding all those. I'm looking at my, my shelf and my big selection. 
before this year, I think I had Bottle Rocket that you bought me. And now I have several. So I feel like I feel like this is something we should talk about because we both buy movies. Mm-hmm. And I feel like unless it's Criterion, I should stop buying physical copies because you're not wrong. You know what I mean? Like, I, it just takes up space in it. I don't know. I, I had gone that route. Um, I try to weigh it for myself. If it's a movie that I think my daughter would want to watch and maybe bring to her friend's house, I try to get a physical mm. copy. Um, if it's a movie I would like to teach, while I do have the method of streaming it, um, streaming is unreliable at a school because sometimes there's, there's too much traffic, the bandwidth drops. I try to avoid streaming if possible um, to my students. So if I can get it on a physical copy, I usually go that route. Um, and so like I wait, is this a movie I'm ever going to teach? Like I will never teach Deadpool one or two, but I own those physical because as my daughter gets older, I will admit I've now let her watch Deadpool one and two. And, uh, she's really excited about the PG 13 version coming out this, this Christmas, um, that is going to pull from the princess bride. I'm so excited. Um, but uh, a lot has happened with movies this week, so we definitely want to get into that. But yeah, um, that's what's been going on with us personal. But let's talk about what we've been watching. Um, I've seen basically a movie a day since the last time we recorded, except for the 18th. I, for some reason, skipped that day. I did not see a movie on the 18th, but I've seen a movie uh, in the theater every day this week, except for Dang. the 18th. Um, so, Corey, what have you seen? Okay, so... Last time we recorded, I forgot what movie we watched because it wasn't that great. I watched Lost Souls, mm-hmm. and I watched it. Are you there? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Okay. Somehow I muted. Oopsie. <laughs> um, so last time we recorded, um, I had watched a movie, and I forgot what it was because it wasn't that great. And I watched it because Winona is in it. But yeah. it's Lost Souls. Guys, don't waste your time if you Which, haven't seen it 20 years um, later. We bought for a dollar on Vudu, uh, so it, was, it wasn't it was too bad. Not, not rented, bought for a yeah, dollar. When we saw that, I was like, is that real? And yeah. you said yes. I've never seen one that cheap before uh, well, for a purchase. But yeah, there's a reason, apparently. Well, yeah. And then I had to kick off my uh, Christmas movie watching, mm. so I started off... Um, the day before thanksgiving with krampus yes (laughs) i love it so much i just need to know who your favorite monster is in that in that it's a jack-in-the-box oh i i like the gingerbread men uh i love like them i mean the jack-in-the-box is the scariest for sure that thing is creepy when he's like crawling up the like vent oh god and and dislodging his his mouth like a snake like uh yeah, um, fine. but the gingerbread I just thought were so great. Um, I that movie's so funny. I actually almost wanted to watch it yesterday. Um, because I wanted my wife's never seen it. Um, she she's very she holds Christmas very sacred. So any kind of like horror Christmas, she kind of except for Gremlins. But other than that, she t- she tends to like no way. Um, but I want to show her at least the opening sequence, the, the, of the Black Friday stuff. The shopping? Oh my god, I was, like, having PTSD, I was having flashbacks. Yeah, um, but I saw that you'd watch Krampus, and then I feel like you watched something else. Um, I think I I saw... Oh, did I post about it? I feel like I saw something, maybe I'm wrong. Oh, actually, yesterday at Thanksgiving, I watched uh, Most of Moana. 
which oh. I know you're a big fan of. I am. I like Moana very much. I hung out with the kids. And then I watched last night Better Watch Out, which oh. I'm going to plug. <laughs> we did an interview episode with Chris Peckover, one of the yes. writers. The director. Directors. Yeah, writer-director. Director. Um, Super nice. You didn't post about it, but uh, I saw that it had been watched. I, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I like. I know. Sometimes I look and I'm like, "Oh, so he's been watching this." Yeah, and that's what I was like. I'm like, "Oh, someone's been watching Better Watch Out, hey?" Um, yeah, yeah, she was. Because that that movie, um, it's all it's been on sale all week too for like five bucks. So if yeah, you just buy it, just buy it. It is if you like dark comedy and Christmas horror. Oh man, it is so terrific. Um, I am gonna convince my daughter to watch it uh, this Christmas. It's so good. Has she seen Krampus? Yeah, we saw that together actually in the theater. Nice. Uh, um, yeah, because uh, she, she that was like she was really interested in horror at that time, and I was trying to like ease her in. So anything that felt like it was kid friendly horror, I was taking her to. And so I was like, "Well, this looks great. Let's let's go see this." And I and I love that. Yeah, it. I I need to watch it this Christmas. Um. All right. So that's what you've been watching, yes. aside from our Ides of March. Um, that we'll be talking about soon. Um, I've seen since uh, last Friday. Uh, I saw Widows, the new Steve McQueen film. Uh, it stars Viola Davis, um, oh. Elizabeth Debicki. Uh, oh, man, my my brain is Michelle Rodriguez, Cynthia Erivo, Colin uh, Farrell, Brian Tyree Henry, Daniel Kaluuya. Uh, it, oh man, I loved this movie. Like. I I went in having I still have not seen any other Steve McQueen film. Um, How did I not know that Steve McQueen? Yeah, uh, it is so terrific. It is so there's just so many great things in this movie. Um, it is really hard to talk about without potentially wrecking someone's experience. Um, if you've not seen the trailer, I say great. Don't watch it. It doesn't really spoil anything until like you'll have moments when you're watching movie like oh my god. Um, that was in the trailer, and yet, at the same time, uh, I don't think there's enough context in the trailer for anything to be spoiled by it, but it's it's terrific. There are some amazing performances. Uh, the cinematography is really strong. I love the score in the movie, which I don't always... Uh, scores are usually just a part of the whole experience for me, so it either has to be really obnoxious or really great for me to acknowledge it, um, and that's not meant to be insulting. I just take it in as part of the film, and so I don't usually separate it, but... Uh, Sometimes it just stands out, and I really I I noticed the widow score, and was just like, wow, this really, really I sets the mood. Need to make a comment. So it like blows my mind. This is only his fourth film, mm-hmm. but it's his only film that doesn't have Michael Fassbender in it. Hmm. Fassbender could have been Colin Farrell's character. Mm-hmm. E- like easily, it could have been Fassbender instead. Although I am a Colin Farrell fan. So I'm all on board with that, but I'm saying it could have Fastbender could have played that role for sure. Um, it would have worked the same. Um, mainly, I think Farrell's a little grimier, and I think that fits the character a little better. But um, not that Fastbender couldn't. I, I haven't seen Fastbender's film. Um, I can't think of what it's called. It starts with an S, I think. Um, it might be a McQueen film. I'm not sure. Um, Shame. Yes. I've not seen Shane, Ooh. but I've heard uh, that's pretty grimy. So, mm-hmm. all right. So then on Monday, I mentioned my daughter and I went to the mall to see a movie. We saw Instant Family. That is the new Mark Wahlberg, Rose Byrne-led uh, film that also stars Isabella Monaire, um, who is an up-and-coming, terrific actress. 
Uh, she was in uh, Sicario Day of the Soldado this year, and she is going to be the live-action Dora the Explorer coming out soon. Um, and she is an amazing actress at her age. Uh, she's 17, but man, everything I've seen her in, even, again, Sicario Day of the Soldado, not great, but she was really good in it. Um, this movie also has some really great supporting cast. Uh, Octavia Spencer, Tig Notaro. If you're not familiar with Tig Notaro, I highly recommend her stand-up. She's really funny. Um, Tom Segura, who's also a stand-up comedian. Um, uh, Eliza Schellinger is in this film uh, in a very funny role. Um, and then there's a cameo uh, by an actress who I will not name drop because I just I was so surprised. And it's so unnecessary that she's in it. And yet it's just terrific because if you li- if you're like me uh, and you like this particular actress, you will be thrilled. And Corey, I know you do like this particular actress, so you will be thrilled. Um, I loved this movie. Corey uh I went in just hoping it would make me laugh um it did so much my daughter loved it um I it's such a competent comedy it's very well made um it's definitely like a mainstream type of movie but it's such a it's such an important kind of thing you know it deals with um you know uh, adopting like in foster families and it does it it has some caricatures or it has some uh trope type characters like some stereotype type characters but they're there because of the um, – that's how they're portrayed in movies. And it, this is based on a real story. It's super funny. Um, Rose Byrne and Mark Wahlberg have some really strong chemistry. I, I just have become a huge Rose Byrne fan. She might be in my – I think she's in my top five actresses at this point. I, I, everything I've seen her in – she was in Juliet Naked earlier this year. Um, and I didn't even realize she's in a, several movies that I'm, I'm a fan of that I didn't make the connection that it was her. Um, but Instant Family really worked for me and my daughter. Highly recommend. Um, and then the rest I've seen by myself. Creed 2. Uh, I like Creed 2. Don't love it as much as the first one. Um, I would put it in the middle of the pack for all the Rocky films. Um, I would say, like, it's probably Creed, Rocky, Rocky 2, Rocky 3. And then I'd need to rewatch Rocky 4 to decide which one gets it from there. But, um, and I have not seen Balboa. So, um, I don't know how good that one is. But I like Creed 2. It's just not as strong as the first one. I really think it, it's noticeable that Coogler's not directing it. Um, Robin Hood. I saw the new Robin Hood with uh, Jamie Foxx and Taron Edgerton and um, Eve Hewson. Um, ben Mendelsohn is the sheriff of Nottingham. Um, most everyone else is fairly new and upcoming. It, it's Oh, wow. Leonardo DiCaprio is a producer. I, I did not realize that. Um, it's not good. It, I would downright say it's pretty bad. Uh, it's not quite Avoid Like the Plague. Um, Edgerton is charming. Jamie Foxx, Jamie Foxx always has a certain charismatic element about him that I tend to like. Um, it's a, it's a retelling. It very much feels like it wants to be Batman, um, and not in a good way. And it just, it's just kind of boring at times. It's, it's not great. Uh, could do without, uh, Ralph breaks the internet. I saw yesterday, uh, on Thanksgiving. Uh, last year I saw wonder on Thanksgiving. Um, this year I saw Ralph breaks the internet and, uh, it, it works. It works really, really well. It's not perfect. Um, but once it gets, it took a little while. I actually was kind of bored for the first 30 minutes or so. Um, and I love the first Wreck-It Ralph and, uh, this one didn't do the same for me as the first one did. And I think partly cause it doesn't rely on video game nostalgia as much as it just relies on like pop culture internet comments. And like, I have no real emotional attachment to like Facebook or Twitter. Like I use them but I don't care about them. Like where I care about video game characters and 
uh, seeing them in the movie meant something. Where seeing like Facebook was just like, okay, so what? But um, once they get to some character stuff in the movie, it really does work. Uh, there's a scene in the trailer where you see Vanellope with the princesses from Disney. That sequence is so freaking great. And there's another one that comes back with the princesses again that make the movie really good. Uh, why I like it at all, I think. Um, but there's some stuff in it that kind of annoyed me. And I, I feel like it was supposed to, but it doesn't mean I'm going to like it, even though it's doing what it's trying to do. Um, <laughs> so in the end, I, I was not as thrilled with it as I wanted to be. But um, it's definitely good. Uh, I, I don't think it, it lives up to the first one at all. But that's what I've been watching. Um, otherwise, I've, I've watched a couple episodes of Psych here and there. And I've been playing a lot of video games. Um, I beat Uncharted 4 on the PS4. And I've been playing a lot of Black Ops 4. And Red Dead Redemption 2, which is the... Uh, everybody's playing right now. It's all over the internet. People are posting memes like crazy. But a lot of fun that game is. I don't play video games, so I have nothing to add. I know, but, you, but your man does. So, you know. I don't know what... Yeah, I, I don't know. know what games he's playing in there. I'm like, okay, you're buying pixels. Cool. Exactly. I don't. Yep. Um, but then, of course, I watched today, uh, this morning, in fact, the Ides of March. Um, when did you watch that? Did you watch it today or? No, I because I came right home from work eight, and then we recorded. Oh yes. Um, not yesterday. Not the day before. Thursday, Wednesday, Tuesday. Probably, I think Tuesday. I thought you were singing the Happy Days theme song for a second. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, I was doing the days backwards. Well, let's get to the stats of Ides of March then. Um, the Ides of March is a 2011 film directed by George Clooney. It stars Ryan Gosling, George Clooney, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Paul Giamatti, Evan Rachel Wood, Marissa Tomei, Jeffrey Wright, um, and Max Minghella, um, who I do know from some stuff. I think that's kind of the gist of everybody that we need to talk about. Um, anyone else just kind of comes and goes. Uh, it is also co-written by uh, George Clooney and a few other writers on the film. Um, the synopsis on Letterboxd says, Dirty tricks stand to soil an ambitious young press spokesman's um, idealism in a cutthroat presidential campaign where victory is relative. And uh, I didn't really know what to, to expect of this movie. I didn't know what it, exactly it was going to be. Um, in the end, uh, we're, what we do here, folks, if you're new to the show, we start with a spoiler-free um review and then uh once we kind of go over our general thoughts Corey and i will say spoiler warning and then we will get into a in-depth explanation of our thoughts on the movie um so Corey, you want to start us off what were your uh, basic thoughts on ides of march well first i'm gonna kind of veer off the path really quick uh hmm. jeffrey wright which i think we see for probably like 10 seconds of the whole movie yeah not in it much he plays John michelle uh Bas basquiat in the movie he plays the artist so anyways that i love that movie oh and he's also in uh jeremy Saulnier's new film hold the dark yes mm -hmm. um so yeah terrific apparently, yeah apparently he was in angels in america which i thought was creepy when it first came out and i don't have any desire to watch again but i don't know what that is it was an hbo like miniseries ah got it um so I mean, anytime I can watch, you know, uh, our boy Ryan Gosling is a good day, but I don't know. I didn't, I've, so far I've found like 
redeeming characters in the movies that we've watched so far, even though it's, they're like, they're in politics, you know, they're politicians, but I'm blanking out on all of the movies we've watched. I can only think of, like, is this the third or the fourth one now? Uh, this is the fourth. Um, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Okay. Um, Dr. Strangelove and How I, or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. Um, and then we watched... See, that's the one that I'm... What was last to. week? Um, oh, man. It's like right on the tip of my tongue. Uh, but yeah, um, this is the fourth. and um, So I... Go ahead. Oh, oh, it was the Man- Manchurian, Manchurian Candidate. Candidate. Yep, got it. I feel like we I've been able to find like something that I've liked about the main characters or Dr. Strangelove, not included, but... I just feel like politics are so depressing. I want to cry every time it's time to vote. Um, And I just didn't find any of that with this movie. I didn't... There was no, like... I don't know. You didn't find it depressing? Oh, I found this depressing. Yeah. This uh, is the the most depressing one that that we've watched. Yeah, it's definitely cynical um, that... uh... I mean, I guess in a way, even saying that is kind of a spoiler, um, because uh, I I would say it starts very much so with um, Ryan Gosling says something where he even says, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. That phrase is used in this movie. Um, So he's very idealistic when the movie starts. Um, He's hopeful. He has a uh, almost sycophant type following of the, the governor that he's working for, which is played by George Clooney. Um. Ryan Gosling's character is the second in command of his campaign uh, behind Philip Seymour Hoffman's character, Paul. And um, their their rival, which I find so interesting because Paul Giamatti plays the rival campaign manager for the other presidential Democratic presidential candidate. But we never really see the other presidential candidate like we he's like briefly seen in a debate and he's barely seen like he's off to the side. Um, it's played by Michael Mantrell, but like you can't you don't even see like a good shot of him. Um, and, uh, but Paul Giamatti works for him. And so there's more of a rivalry between the campaign managers than there is between the presidential candidates in the film. Um, it's definitely focused in on what their roles are. And, um, I, there's definitely a lot of cynicism here, like that politics are ultimately, um, a dirty game that you're, you can't be clean and be successful in this world. Uh, you will burn bridges. You will um, you will be backstabbed. You will backstab other people. Uh, it is ultimately to get ahead. You must do things that are dark and shady and wrong, and um, apparently be able to have a thick skin and live with your choices. Um, now, uh, I I like the movie. I I do find it also very sad and depressing. And I agree with you. There really isn't a redeemable character, but. I thought Gosling was terrific in this movie, um, especially after watching, uh, like, um, First Man, where he is this stoic, emotionless character through all the film. Here, he is so emotional. Like, there's there's a scene, I won't say why, but his eyes are just giving away how desperate he is. And it's so subtle, and yet it's so powerful. And I was like, man, I like seeing the side of Gosling, because a lot of times he does play more of a stoic, emotionless character. Like, I love Drive, but he doesn't do much in Drive. He's just there, and that's the character, and it works. 
but it's like here you really get to see kind of a range a, a more human character um i also thought uh evan rachel wood who i've only really seen in the uh the movie with ellen page the um into the forest into the forest which oh, i liked i did too i did very much and i forgot she's in the wrestler she's the uh the daughter but she's barely in the oh wrestler. yeah and she's queen sophie ann in true blood and i did like her in that I have not seen True Blood, and um, I've I've only seen parts of Across the Universe. I couldn't get into it, um, and I'm a fan of the Beatles, but I just couldn't get into that particular film. And then uh, Thirteen, I feel like I have tried to watch, but have not seen. Um, it's but, just too bothersome. Yeah, like, uh, I'm not super familiar with her work, but I really liked her in this. I'm not oh, there. It is Into the Forest. Um, I liked her a lot in this, and I thought her relationship with gosling was really uh believable and connecting um philip seymour hoffman is doing his kind of non-acting acting where he's like just kind of mumbling and and but it's it's great uh and paul giamatti is um as you said in our top five recording Corey, he's a villain of sorts like he's not always he's not as bad as he's been in other movies though like he's i actually that's one of the things i like i don't feel like anything is too melodramatic in this movie I Too thought out it, of, yeah it's very grounded and it's it's screwed up and it's messed up but it's also you know for the most part it's played pretty quiet and close to the cuff um i don't think this is like a best movie i've ever seen type of movie but i i liked it i i found it entertaining um i i was you know watching this story and trying to kind of keep track of what was going on and there's some subtle things that i thought were were there that i i totally get and i thought worked um yeah, I, I liked it. Um, I, I'm not. I can't tell if you didn't like it or if you just didn't like it as much as the other films. Would mm. you? It sounds like didn't like it, huh? Yeah, lukewarm at best. Oh. Yeah, I was much more on it than that, but um, still not like you know, not praising this as like a must see film or anything like that. But all right, well, let's get into spoilers then. Guys, from here on out, we are going to talk about Ides of March in great detail. If you don't want us to spoil it for you, stop listening here, but come back and give us a listen anyways. We did watch this digitally, so you'll have to rent it or buy it um, in order to see it. Uh, it's not streaming on any service that I'm familiar with. And, oh, Corey, I want to tell you something, too, um, about Hulu before we get off of this podcast. Oh, it's 99 uh, cents. Yeah, did you sign up? I signed up for a year because I was like, uh, yes, please, because a dollar – and they do have a lot of movies now. Um, several they new have a documentaries. Lot of good things. Yeah, on... I, I recommend uh, for a buck. And again, it's for um, new or like returning customers. You have to have not been a member for like a year to get the discount. But just make a new email address, people. Like, let's not be silly. Um, it's a it's a dollar. It is the cheapest streaming service that I've ever seen. Like. For that qual for what you get from Hulu for a buck a month. And I don't know. Okay, so I need to real fast um so i do have hulu um that i mm, don't pay for oh yeah yeah no i get it i get it. a friend shares um and they have where they're releasing a film i think it's is it blumhouse or bloomhouse bloomhouse i think it's blum blumhouse okay they have partnered with hulu and they are making a horror movie for every holiday <laughs> and you already know <laughs> i need it they have two out so far there was a halloween one and i think a thanksgiving one well um yeah i i don't know um i'm i couldn't resist the dollar a month though so uh 
if you hear this before that sale is over, I think it ends on Sunday, so you might just hear this. Um, snag it while you can, because it is a great deal. 12 bucks for a year of a streaming service like Hulu, where you get uh, fairly recent TV hill? shows. Yeah. I'm all Golden Girls. <laughs> and it is limited commercial, so it's not like it's com- completely commercial free, but again, 12 bucks for a year. Like, holy cow, you could quit cable for a year now because of Hulu, basically. Um, especially if you don't watch anything, like, too strict. Like, I am, I don't adhere to any, like, particular streaming pattern. Like, I don't watch a show as it comes out. So, I don't need cable. So, this is a really awesome deal. So, I couldn't resist. But, anyways, spoilers on Ides of March, just in case you forgot that that's what we said. Um, okay. So, um, the whole scandal element right like ryan gosling is uh idolizing the governor he thinks he is the the right man to be the president truly believes it um and i like that marissa tomei plays the journalist who um is kind to them but also very much only kind to them because she's looking to get a story she's looking to get the next scoop so that she can make her own um you know way in and then uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman being the the head of the campaign, but Stephen being a very close second. Um, when he be- he essentially betrays them and goes and talks to Tom, uh, which is Paul Giamatti's character, the campaign manager for the other governor or the other um, senator who's running for the Democratic office, the Democratic nomination for president. Sorry, folks. Um, I really. I liked all of that. Um, and then the relationship he gets with Evan Rachel Wood. So she is an intern for the governor. And uh, they end up finally, they have a little date. It's very sweet. He's 30, she's 20. Um, they they have an, an affair or whatever you want to call it because they're not, neither of them are married. Um, and it turns out that she has also sleeping with another, or at least has slept with another man once and is pregnant apparently by that other man. And that other man is the governor. And she is... Go ahead. I hated when that, like, came crashing in. I don't know. Why'd you hate it? Because we see... I don't know. I wanted him to be... Mm. You know what I mean? I wanted him to be a good person. and. But I think that's why the movie works. Um, (sighs) Because that's the thing. Like... There's a movie out right now, uh, The Front Runner, that is about Gary Hart, um, who was a Democratic nominee. I think he was a Democratic nominee in the 80s election, and everything falls apart because of an affair. And then cut to the 90s. We have Bill Clinton, who sleeps with an intern, right? Um, and that almost gets him impeached from the presidency. Not not technically the affair itself, but the lying about it. Under, oh, yeah. But still... There it is again. So this is a recurring concern, right? And I think it's that idea. It doesn't... You have to... You have several questions you have to ask. It is not entirely implied that it's rape, but it's definitely encouraged us to think that it was consensual, but only because of the power that she felt like she couldn't say no, which, I mean, this is in 2011. Uh, I feel like... I feel like that's... I don't know. I don't... I don't I don't know. I feel like she's only upset about it because she's in trouble now. Maybe, maybe, but it's hard to, it's again, it's very it's a slippery slope to say that, right? Like that's where we get. I mean, right now especially in 2018 we're when we're still in the the Me Too movement, 
um, where women are finally feeling empowered to come out against these uh, sexual predators who are in positions of great power. Um, and a lot of them, that's the thing. They're, they don't want to risk losing their job by saying no, and they feel like they have no choice. And there, like with um, Harvey Weinstein, there were tons of examples where he did ruin women's her, careers. Her father is the head of the Democratic National Committee. Yeah. I don't feel like if she said no, it would ruin her career. But this movie establishes really quickly that 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 position doesn't have any real power, right? Like, because that's she says, "You work for my dad." He's like, "I do not work for your dad." Like, it's real quick that, like, yeah, you're the head of it, but it means nothing. So I think that that conversation is actually part of that point. She she working with the man who could become president. So you have, and again, she doesn't say it's rape. But she definitely doesn't sound like she was all for it either. You know what I mean? Like, and that that whole sequence, she keeps a lot of it is up to us to decide. And I think that's maybe even how she's playing it with him. Let him decide how much does he want to read into this? How far am I willing to push his loyalty? Because imagine if she does feel like he he raped her and she just tells him that. This guy's a, a, a sycophant. He's a fanatic. He was drinking the Kool-Aid, his own words, of the governor. And right now... He's being confronted with a truth that he was not ever hoping to have to confront, that he isn't the man he put him on the pedestal of, a, a truth that we're always afraid of with our heroes, right? We're, we're in, during this Me Too movement, when, a, when one of the people was someone we looked up to, we were devastated. I mean, think of how many people were crushed by the Bill Cosby stuff. You know, like people idolize Bill Cosby. People, comedians today, cite him as a, a source of their... Um, you know learning of the art of stand-up and now they can't even speak his name because he's this synonymous serial rapist like it's it's something we're familiar familiar with in a world where we worship heroes we really do we worship heroes isn't even a right word we worship celebrity and he's worshiping someone in a sense that he thinks this guy is the next savior he's going to fix our country and now he's confronted with this truth, which I totally bought that Gosling's character was, had fallen in love with this girl. And this was like the worst devastating thing that could have happened to him is that the governor calls her because she'd reached out to the governor to get money for an abortion, which again, they're really good at being cryptic with that. She doesn't say, she says, I asked for $900. I can't go to my dad. We're Catholic. And it's like, you have to read into the film that it's, oh, she's pregnant. And then it does say later that it's an abortion. But, I mean, I I thought all of that really worked. Again, it's devastating, but I think it's supposed to be. We're, we are fully cemented with Steven. Steven is our entry point into this story, and we are going through the roller coaster that he is going through. Um, he has become, you know, he went from being, I think he was initially cynical, and that he meets the governor, and it, it turns him. That he actually believes in this guy. This guy is telling the truth. This guy is legit. He's honest. He's open. He's not like even the whole religious part of his speech where he says, I'm not a Christian. I'm also not an atheist. I'm a I believe in the Constitution, you know, like how he spins that from being like this religious talk to being this, you know, it's not about religion. It's about politics. I'm a politician. I'm not a preacher. I'm not a priest. Um, and then, you know he has to witness that that hero falls and then everything he thought he could trust and do right is turned on him and he loses almost everything uh, but 
I just don't feel bad for him. I feel 0% bad for him. For Jocelyn's character? Yeah. I don't don't empathize with him at all. And then he is going to go drop her off. He does get the money to get her (laughs) to get the procedure and money to get her on a plane home. And he's like sweeping her under the rug. He's trying to get her out of the way because he's still gung-ho. You know what I mean? He doesn't... He's not an idealist. He's not. It. She's the problem, and he says that in not so many words. Like yeah. he needs to get her away from the situation, and then he leaves her there after he's going to get fired from his position, and then he's going to use that information, and she ends up figuring out that he's going to use that information, and then so that he can have a job. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I just. Oh no! He turns. He completely turns. I agree. He's so shitty. But he becomes that, and that's the thing. I feel like he was on the verge. He was on the edge, and I feel like he was trying to stay idealistic. And it's one event after another after another that he finds himself. Um, I mean, you, the the question, and Paul Giamatti's character says this to him: like, just leave this. Don't don't do this. This is a horrible career. Now that you have an out, take it. Go do something else. Be happy. Be a good person. And. Uh, yeah, I, I love the whole, we don't know who told the reporter who met, you met with Tom, because he's, Philip Seymour Hoffman, I can't remember his name right now, Paul, Paul. he's the only person that knew. Yeah, and when he says, I, I told, I'm just like, what? Oh, man. And at, at the same time, I kind of feel for Paul. I feel like Paul did the right thing, and like, I mean, I get what he's saying, like, the whole loyalty thing is important. And Paul Giamatti definitely played it really well and how he kind of confesses, like, I was win-win for me. Either you, you join me and I get you and you're great, so that's awesome. Or Paul Paul finds out, fires you, and then they don't have you. I still win. Like, I win either way. And I thought Gosling was going to be the one who spirals out of control. And instead, he becomes the, the bad guy. He becomes the villain. And I think it kind of reminds me of, like, Dark Knight. You know, if you either... Uh, die the hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain kind of thing. You know, like we're here, we're watching that happen to this guy who initially, I feel like he's trying to be a good guy. He's trying to do this in a way that other people don't. He's trying to do it ethically. And I mean, we get hints that he's not completely ethically. We hear him talking about like muck raking. Like, I don't care if it's true or not. Let him sort that out with the press, but he's, he's playing by the rules, quote unquote. That's how the game is played. It's a dirty game. But he's still playing by the rules then. And by the end of the film, he is no longer playing by the rules. He's blackmailing. He's extorting. He's doing whatever he can to stay in power. Um, and as you pointed out, yeah, he risks her her reputation, which she doesn't give him that opportunity. She kills herself. And, you know, uh, I don't think there was a note. Do, do you, you know, he, say, he tells George Clooney no. that there was a note there wasn't a note but he had the medical like the check-in paper from where she went to get the abortion but it wouldn't prove whose baby it was yeah as Clooney points out like he plays but he's still scared (laughs) he he gambles yeah he takes a huge gamble and wins and um the scene I was talking about in the non-spoiler section with his eyes is when he goes to talk to uh Tom which is Paul Giamatti's character and after he's been fired and his eyes are just wide like they're bulging like and you just see the desperation and he's trying to play it cool like his character his body language says that he's fine 
but his eyes tell a whole different story and tom totally reads that and like he's like no you are here because you're desperate you're seeking revenge you're looking for your opportunity i don't want anything to do with this yeah exactly and he's not wrong like it's that's why like so i mean paul giamatti's a villain because he's the reason that everything starts like with steven but he's not a villain he's playing the game he's doing the things that they do and again he's really good at it and so is paul um and by the end steven is as well but steven has to change that that he has to basically burn out the idealistic side and accept that this is a horrible awful world that we've built as far as politics go like the the structure of politics how politics play is dark and twisted and full of lies and deception and it turns a good man to a bad one and i think that's what we witness in this movie i think that's fair and and i i was i was captivated like i'm not opposed to a downer ending and you are that is historical on this podcast chinatown Um, most of noir stuff you don't like uh, movies ever, that end. ever again yeah, yeah. You, you don't like films that end like this and i do um because i do feel like uh, i i like a happy ending but i also like a tragedy in a sense and while this isn't a full tragedy it, it's a tragedy it's i get enough of that you know what i mean i don't i do i get it i don't need that to be my entertainment as well um i don't know I don't know. I um I I do like movies like this partly because I find it um insightful to think about. And again, while I don't think this is like a mirror of of our political system, I do think there's a lot of truth here. Oh, there's a lot of truth. Um and you know, it it's a I guess the uh the suicide's a little melodramatic um to a degree. I, I don't know because she I mean, there are girls you know what I mean? I Yeah, no, uh, for sure. It's going to ruin her and he's totally going to he's he's totally not, he's he doesn't care about her. He cares about himself at that point. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't care what he does to ruin who to have what he wants. And she if her father found out, she I feel like she would be you know what I mean? And it's going to be big bad news and if they're they're devout Catholics and it's going to probably tarnish his career. I could totally see her being disowned and mm-hmm. all kinds of things. For sure. And um, it, it's it's a tragedy at the end. And even the last shot, how it ends on Gosling's face, it just kind it's of... It's just so young. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And But Gosling's face at the end, the last shot, and how it kind of fades in on him and, like, the emotion that he's kind of... You hear him thinking about the the governor's speech and, like he's clearly upset you know he's not okay with what's happened in the film but he's also this is if he's gonna be the success story that he's always wanted to be um he has to latch onto it and while i don't always understand why someone would choose to go to change their personality in order to stay a part of something um i don't always understand that at the same time if it's the thing you're passionate about if it's the thing that matters to you I do kind of get like doing whatever it takes to be successful at it, you know? And that's where I feel like this character is, is that this is where he's put all of his money, all of his life, all of his experience has gone into being this thing. And he managed to keep his hands clean, so to speak. 
And now he has a choice to walk away and give up all the time he's put into this or get his hands dirty. And he chooses to get his hands extremely dirty. Um, so I don't know. It, it, the movie worked for me. Again, I don't think it's must-see or anything like that, but I do. I did like it. I thought there were some really strong performances. And I do find uh, – I've I thought it uh, thought-provoking, if nothing else. You know, like I was really like heavily invested in what was happening in the movie. So – um, if you're ready, we can give our rating, unless there's anything else you want to discuss. Mm, I'm good. All right, well, then I'm going to go um, decent watch for myself, I think, is where I fall. Um, uh, leaning towards not not a total, uh, sorry, not a, not a quite golden pony boy, but definitely uh, cemented in decent watch is where I feel like it lands. It's just middle of the road, good movie, solid movie, lots of lots of stuff to talk about, but nothing exceptional, not not quintessential viewing. I'm going to go with not a total waste of time in between that and a decent watch. Hey, that's better than avoid like the plague. So, you know, we'll go with what we well, got. Well, I mean... Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, well, folks, that is our review of the Ides of March from 2011. We'd love to hear your thoughts. You can reach out to us on uh, Twitter or Instagram. I am at Burke Reviews and Corey. At Corey R. Star, two R's on the end. And uh, we will be back next week with uh, our last political movie, and um, if I'm not mistaken, it is going to be Selma, um, directed by um, uh, Ava DuVernay. I'm sorry for my hesitation. Again, I am three podcasts in and very burnt out at this point. Um, but I've been meaning to watch Selma for quite some time, and it is time that I finally correct this wrong. Um, uh, Ava DuVernay is the director. David Oleo, Oleo, I'm sorry for mispronouncing that. Carmen Ejogo. Um, Tim Roth? I didn't realize Tim Roth was in this. He's what? Gonna, he's going to be awful. He's going to be racist, I bet you. Um, come on. I, he's, he's Governor George Wallace. Um, Fine. Amelia Boynton. Oh, that's the actress. That's the character name. Sorry. Uh, Lorraine Toussaint. Um, Jim France. Trinity Simone. Jordan Rice. There's a lot of young... Oh, Oprah Winfrey. All right. Um, Tom Wilkinson's in this. Awesome. Oh, Corey. Giovanni Rabisi's in this movie. So he's probably going to be a D-bag. Guaranteed. His name is Lee. So what are the odds? Um, Lee is not a good-sounding name for a movie that's going to be set during the Civil Rights Movement. No. Um, Coleman Domingo, who's in a bunch of stuff. Um, I'm trying to look for people that I recognize or I know their name. Oh, Tessa Thompson's in this? So in on this movie. Um, I'm a big Tessa Thompson fan. Uh, she is just terrific. Um, yeah. I've been really meaning to get to this movie for some time, and I am very excited that I'm going to get it off my uh, gap list. Next week, we'll be talking about Selma from 2014. Um, has an 89 Metascore and 7.5 IMDb User Score, and about Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Um, so, with that said, uh, I think that's it for the episode. Um, if you like the show, if you like Burke Reviews Movie Club, please uh, give a rating on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast. Um, we'll be back again with our full review of Selma. And until next time, keep watching movies. Do you like movies? Do you like podcasts? Or are you just lonely? If the answer is yes, and even if it's not, then check out the What I Watch Tonight show's filmtastic selection of podcasts covering the entire movieverse. There's something for everyone. So come check it out. More details at whatiwatchtonight.co.uk or from all good podcast providers. This has been a Burke Reviews podcast, burkereviews.com. <laughs>